recorded at Get a Grip Studios in Toronto, Canada, a Get a Grip management production and in association with the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Financially supported by the good folks at the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, this is Restoring Darkness podcast. This episode of Restoring Darkness is brought to you by Evluma. If you're serious about contributing to the reduction of light pollution, go to evluma.com, hover over products, and click on Dark Sky Friendly Lighting. Both the Omnimax and Max lights are International Dark Sky Association certified. The warmer color temperatures of the Omnimax reduce the more easily scattered blue wavelengths, which contribute to glare and sky glow. With Max lights, you get full cutoff, which also means no uplight and a significantly reduced contribution to sky glow. And all of Avluma's outdoor lighting product lines come with dimmable drivers for even more control. If your customer is looking for dark sky friendly fixtures with energy savings while still meeting the demands of decorative lighting, look no further than Evluma. Evluma, illuminating the pursuit of dark skies. Welcome back, folks, to the Restoring Darkness podcast. I'm here with my co-host, John Bullock, and we're about to interview Etta Denim. And before I tell you about her bio and we start interview. i gotta tell you about the restoring darkness merch that's right folks you got it go to restoringdarkness.com. you'll see the little merch button there you can buy hoodies and hats and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff i bought a huge load here and my kids took it they all my kids stole it from me because it's so cool that's right that's why i only have one sweater left here and i'm wearing it for the viewers out there you can see how cool it is so go to restoringdarkness.com and click merch on this show we have etta donovan she has been in the lighting industry, um, has been in the lighting industry for 10 years before founding Visit Dark Skies GmbH, a company dedicated to the experience of the natural night sky. As a lighting designer, she has been interested in light and darkness, and especially in light-related biological processes like the darkness adaptation of the human eye. With her audio file, I guess it's going to be linked here, People can immerse themselves into a true nature experience. Her approach allows hosts in remote areas and dark sky parks to create additional income in the off-season while offering a new activity to their guests. Guided stargazing. I think that's a great idea. And the art of looking into the night sky. Yeah, there is an art to it, actually. Etta, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So... I, I'm looking at GmbH, and for non-European listeners, that's like an LLC. So tell us how this spawned into a, not a not-for-profit or not a charity, but actually a business that earns income and pays people. Tell us about that. So yeah, um, I I have been in the dark sky movement since I would say 2015, and I had. A lot of contacts to people that were activists um, for protecting the night sky and were or are researchers um, uh, in the in the field of light pollution and, and impact of light. So I wondered uh, what can I contribute as an as an architect as a creative to this movement in a matter um, and so after a little basis of searching uh, what that could be, I decided to, yeah, to, to add a little creative approach and um, put the experience of the night sky in the center of a new venture that actually um, inspires people to, to travel to dark sky places and, and it bridges a little bit the urban urban um, community with those rural places and the business is um, um, I put a I did it as a business because I wanted to work with businesses because I think the astrotourism small uh, business owners and commercial stakeholders are not addressed very well so far by the dark sky movement um, there's kind of a lack of fields or lack of, how do you say that? Lack of bridges between fields. 
because the dark sky movement is um, mostly rooted in astronomy and ecology and um, maybe environmental protection. So I wanted to, to bring that more into that commercial field. And, and because um, when you work with commercial stakeholders, you can also have an impact by you know, inspiring them yeah, to think about the impact light has and, and yeah, maybe well, to, to be interested in the field. I, th I think what's just about what you said there. So you're 100% correct in that there, the dark sky movement is not, um, is not maybe the, the association, the International Dark Sky Association has a mandate much bigger than it knows right now because there's a lot of people that are not connected to that movement in a meaningful way you know, that are working in this kind of darkness world. What encourages me about what you're doing is that I really like it when a business um, provides something or how to put it, that solves a problem or contributes to solving a problem through revenue generation rather than always asking for money from, you know, for charity and for donations and, and this sort of stuff, but is actually carving out its own space based on customers willing to pay for that activity. And to see that customers are willing to pay, you know, to be able to visit and see the stars is so encouraging for the movement and so important that, you know, that you, you people are coming to you with cash in hand mm -hmm. as opposed to you having your hands out and then trying to speak a message. So people are paying for what the dark sky movement wants to deliver. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, I also um, thought about founding it as a charity or as a GGMBH, which is kind of a, um, you know, a mixture between GMBH. But then I thought about who would I talk to? And if I found it, if I would have founded it as a charity, I would have been in contact a lot of with money givers. Um, and, but instead, I wanted to be in the field and work with the field, work with remote regions, and work with users and with hosts um, in in these regions. And that is, I think, easier than if um, the structure, if if um, if the money comes from from the hosts, of course, I will talk a lot to them and find out what you know, what are their challenges, what are their sorrows, what are their wishes uh, when when we work together. Um, and that was yeah, the better choice. Um, before I turn it over to John um, for some of maybe his questions that he wants to start off with, I want to ask one more question: Are there any dark sky places in Europe, uh, uh, south of sort of Sweden and Finland, um, are, are, or east or sort of west of Poland? Are there any dark sky places in that area? Maybe yes. I, that's why John's shaking his head. I, I knew this was going <laughs> to... Yes, of yeah. course, there's, there's so much. <laughs> okay. Okay, because Canada basically yes. is a dark sky place. Like most yeah. of Canada is already dark. Like... More than half of Ontario has no roads, right? So you can gain access to dark skies fairly quickly. And when I look at the map of Europe, I think, could it be even be possible to have dark skies in, in, in that part of the world? Of course. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there, um, of course, Canada and the U.S. have large spaces, but also in, in Europe, there's, there's so much, uh, there's... La Palma in, in Spain with so many places. There's France, the middle of France. Then in Germany, we have seven dark sky parks. I I'm, I'm, may, may start a, a project with Montenegro uh, soon, which is uh, also incredible dark sky. Um, dark skies. Um, Austria, of course, the Alps, Switzerland. I mean, you can uh, also Wales, 18% of Wales, I think, are dark sky yeah. places. So, um, uh, Scotland, UK. I don't know. <laughs> there's so much. Um, yeah, maybe there's not bottle scale one or two. Um, if, you, if you get into expert talk here, <laughs> uh, 
Um, so these really excellent uh, dark sky places where you have nearly no light pollution at all, but you have certainly great places. Yeah, we've got, uh, I've, well, I'm almost within walking distance of a dark sky area in, in the, on the south coast. Um, and, and it's just a country park. It, I mean, it just used to be called a park. But because it's right on the coast and because Dorset doesn't have a lot of people in it, you know, I'm on an island with 60 odd million people. And yet we have lots of these little, little dark pockets. And the nice thing is for us is that, you know, this is the size that we are. You know, we're about this wide and we're about this tall and we can stand in the middle of a field. And even if the field is the only place where you can see the Milky Way, it will do. We don't need half of Ontario to be able to go and see the sky. You, know, you don't have to go and stand on Salisbury Plain, although you can, uh, in, in order to see the Milky Way. You, you can get you can get small pockets, and that's the way that we've we've worked it. Etta, the, the thing that I find fascinating here is that um, some guy once said many 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 years ago that the things that we want happen. They do that we do actually get them, but we get them in ways that we would never have imagined. And those of us who've promoted dark skies or those of us who've, who've, who've promoted responsible light have always expected it to be people doing good things. And, and that leads into you know, Michael and his handouts. You give me some money and I'll do something properly. But the problem with that is it's never put value onto that resource. And what you <laughs> it seems to me that what you've done here is that you've monetized a good thing? I mean, very most you know most of the time the thing that the things that cost money are not good for us. Too much food, too much drink, too much you know flying away on holidays, all all of that stuff. But the idea that you can make money, which means that really you are giving value to other people, to go and lie down in a field yeah. and look at the sky is amazing. That, that's not a question, yes, that's um, just a huge long statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, maybe I can tell a little bit more because there's even more concept behind it. Um, it's not only the audio file that I sell to people. Instead, it's a concept for hosts in remote regions um, to make money with the mm. file. So the audio file is actually mm, creating an event that is easy to handle for hosts and they can rent out chairs or blankets or even hot water bottles in the off season or make a picnic so they can rent accessories and stuff so uh, if if they buy the license uh, from from visit dark skies they can even make so much more money by providing um, accessories that make it makes it comfortable for their hosts because that's really important for guided stargazing so in the end it's a win-win-win people have a nice experience um, in remote areas sometimes there's not so much to do right and maybe there's no star guide available that's the idea uh, they can do it when when the stars actually appear um, and hosts have something that they can offer and then uh, of course, Visit Dark Skies can develop um, more audio files with, um, yeah, when we have um, more hosts. Of course, we we can, um, yeah, we can create other audio experiences, like for example, guided cloud gazing or uh, similar things. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's a little bit um, the what, concept. Yeah, what's been the response from the um, what should we say? The the the, the dark sky mo the, the the formal dark sky movement. The people who are the the uh, the astronomers and 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 the people who are saying that you know light pollution is such a bad thing and we we must stop people from doing this. How have they responded to the idea that that you're taking a commercial view of it? Yeah, good question. Um. Um. I would say most most of it most of people that I know uh, like it because they like a new idea or they like the, the inspiration. Um, um, 
of course some maybe people that have have brought a lot of energy next to their job um in germany there's a strong concept of community and 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 um yeah. ehrenamt called like right like like doing this in your free time um sometimes they might be i don't know how to say that they they have a strong ethos of doing that for free um so maybe there are more in the space that things should be for free but um yeah <laughs> what, what should i say um, you know what you know why that I, is i'm getting i'm i'm getting quite quite a good uh, feedback i'm i'm working with a lot of people from the dark sky movement they support me a lot um and i think and we are used it's a tourism product and i my argument is that it helps to sensi sensibilize can you say that like make make people more yeah. sensitive to light uh, issues for example um if i talk to a hotel in in hearts area which i uh, recently did um I just come with this, hey, I have this guided stargazing approach and that might be something for your guests. You're attracting urban visitors. That might be something for you. And then they're like, oh, yes, actually pretty interesting. But hmm, we're we are doing a lot of lighting to our to our trees in our garden and that might be harmful, right? Uh, we have a lilac, lilac, light, <laughs> lilac lights uh, to our trees every evening. And then I'm like, yeah, maybe that's, you know, that that's maybe harm. That That's not so good for the experience. So maybe you should integrate something um, where you can just dim the lights in the evening or shut them down completely. And then they are like, oh, yeah, I think that we can do that. That's not so that's not so hard. And and so with this approach, I have. Sense I have created awareness from a tour uh, as a tourism host that usually thinks in a different manner than the dark sky movement but the result is the same lights are shut off <laughs> right light, light, lights yeah, are shut yeah, down yeah. in the evening. so that's that's the idea and and a second example i just talked with a client um or potential uh client in the U us um and they asked me okay uh wow your idea is so wonderful we like it a lot um and do you have experience with parks and I'm like uh, yeah what what parks um, uh, they were like yeah I think we're, this this is just part of nature but people complained and then I looked at the photo and they, they are in the middle of the desert and they have so white lights on their uh, on their little accommodation so parks from all over the place are attracted <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I gave them some um, <laughs> I gave them some advice with black wrap. They can shield the lights with black wrap and they can also take some foils and make them more orange. And there was like, oh, yeah, thank you so much for the advice. We, we will immediately do it. Then we have less sparks. So then we have a better experience for people, for tourists. But we also have an interesting, uh, you know, result uh, that bugs are not, <laughs> not attracted uh, unnecessarily. And that the whole light pollution topic is not so much talked about in this manner of you should not do it. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's yeah, for, yeah. for some people I, I, that, that's the right approach. Yeah, I feel a new career coming on, Michael. Yeah, I do. Well, <laughs> yes. well I, 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 I just want to say something. You, you know why, pe I'll tell you, you said that sometimes people think that it should be done for free or whatever, like you said, and because it is. I think it's because, you know, people kind of, if you say to them initially that, you know, you should be able to see a beautiful night sky and this is the experience and this is how much it costs or this is how people learn to provide this experience and they have to pay. People get a little bit offended by that. They, they don't feel like someone can teach them how to look at the sky or how to, how to make the sky more spectacular or something like that. It's kind of like it's not often talked about as a, as a, a, a tourism experience. But, John, you know, when you, when you think about it, if, if somebody comes to Canada – or where near where I live, and 
I take them to my cottage. If if I see a bright starry night's kind of coming on the horizon, I'll make sure that they go outside and lay on the dock and that all the cottage lights are off. And so there's no lights so there's from the cottage or whatever and lay them on the dock. And it's always a great experience. I mean, it's really cool to do that. And they get a pair of binoculars and give it to them and say, hey, look at this see over there with a pair of binoculars. That's a, something that's very valuable to people, actually. And they don't know it. They need to be guided to it or taught how to do it. At, uh, or John. I, I mean, um, okay. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a piece of this. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think a lot of it is about an engagement. I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of the dark skies thing is, 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 is a, it's a simple argument to win. But it's a very difficult argument to succeed because most of us will go, oh, I think I think a starry, a starry sky. Fantastic. You can't see anything. Anywhere. When we went on our holiday to that Greek island and we saw the Milky Way and we saw that was absolutely wonderful. But then you come back home and you get back into into your normal life. So we do. We have this disengagement. I'm dis. Here am I. I, I live, as you know. I, I, I live and work in the countryside. Do I go out at night? Of course I don't. I'm at home watching the television like everybody else around me. Mm-hmm. So to get me oh. outside enjoying the sky, it's got to be something that I have to invest in. And doing it this way, I, I mean, I can think of so many of my friends are farmers and, and friends who, 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 who have campsites. And they're in it. They may not be in in, in, a, in a formal dark sky area, but you know, I know what it's like to to, to look at the sky from, from you know from from their fields, and it would absolutely be be absolutely gorgeous for them to be able to do that. So what we're finding yeah. here now is, is you're giving us a way. You're giving us a way to engage more people, so that those people can say the dark sky is important. So that so that when when a com- when somebody comes to me and says I want to I'm trying to develop a new uh, holiday park and I want you to do my exterior lighting design and the local authorities need me to tell them that we're getting all the lighting right because and the neighbours are all going hmm, well it's just another thing we actually want the neighbours to be going no 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 we want our dark skies thank you that's the shift that we want that yeah. level of engagement I'm yeah. sorry again I'll leave it with you Etta. Where are you? <laughs> After you. Um, yeah, um, I think, um, I mean, with guided stargazing, that's an activity. I think it's a new activity because it's not it's not practiced or, or it's not exercised, uh, but it's actually very basic. Every one of us knows it, right? It's just lying on the back and, and looking towards the night sky. But um, the unique thing is that you do it for so long. You do it really constantly for 30 minutes with that audio file that helps you to to immerse yourself and to really watch it constantly. And then what happens after 20 minutes is so fantastic. Once your eyes have adapted to the dark, you see more stars because your your eyes you know, can process more light, can process stars that have not been visible to you before. And then at the same time, your eyes can have a larger field of vision once they are darkness are adapted to the darkness. That's a, the second thing. And the third is that we have a little exercise in the audio file that um, starts at one star and then you get broader and broader until you have really um, yeah, a, a broad field of vision, and and that is really something that you have. I'm sure you have never done before, even if you have been in in dark skies for a long time. And um, the feedback from people is really amazing to me because I, I've worked so long on that audio file to make it really work well. It was maybe half a year or so, always testing, iterating it, um, you know, choosing music working with a composer, with a speaker, et cetera. And um, then, yeah, it's great if people really say to me, oh, I've never seen the sky like this. It's, it's full disclosure, I've listened to it. 
Michael, I've been <laughs> okay. there, and I and, and I've spent I spent I've sat. Unfortunately, I wasn't outside looking at the sky. I was sitting at my desk, li- just but just yeah. listening to this thing. And it and it, it, it you don't you, the stars is just something else. This is just a lovely experience. That okay. the whole story that's that's unfolded, but there's 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 good stuff in there. Even Can- even to say when you're doing this, do not look at your phone because it will probably spoil sure. the exercise. Yes. I got a question. I got a question for you, Etta. So it's available in English and German, right? This this mm-hmm. experience. And I've, uh, as I was hosting these shows, I've talked to a lot of people about the mystical or sublime elements of dark skies, those deeper areas, right? That people can enter. And oftentimes when they describe a dark sky or darkness, rest, dark restored area deeply, they talk about it in the same way that people seem to talk about psychedelic drugs. I'm, I know it sounds weird, but when they, you know, the people that have told yes. me these stories about going to a dark sky park and having a guided experience, they describe it as almost like taking magic mushrooms or something. I'm not kidding you. It's a, it sounds very similar that they were elevated out of themselves, that they felt connected yeah. to the universe. Not that they had any hallucinations, but they they just had these sort of transcendental experiences. Is that what is that what your company is trying to deliver to customers? <laughs> so Sorry. um no it's 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 fine um so the audio file starts with facts around big dipper um and and stories so it it really starts um yeah to entertain people that that like to to know more about the sky but then in the second part it 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 gets more perception oriented and in the last part it really tries to detach you from earth and to have that zoom out effect and that is through personal through a personal question but also through a technique that i explain on the home page where you can actually um take back your neck a little bit and and look towards the sky in another manner that you lose you lose the horizon in front of you and instead you you see the horizon in back of you and that is something where you you suddenly only see the sky and that's something that you rarely do and that creates a sense of detachment and if you if you reach that actually it's 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 wonderful and yes it has some esoteric or psychedelic <laughs> aspect um and and uh, i f- yeah i fully recommend it <laughs> so. can, can i can i just, michael this, this we've we've been taught uh, not necessarily using psychotropic drugs or anything like that although you know whatever floats your boat um but we've been talking about this um because the, the, you know the urban condition is mm. is sort of seriously out of kilter. Uh, we've got an organisation in the UK called Design Designers Mind, and and, and it's and it's an organisation that that is trying to help with the mental health of the design community, who are in, uh, incredibly stressed out. Um, where was I the other day? There was this is a thing called Mentel little card there. It's about mental health for men. So lots and lots of people are are realizing that we are in trouble. Uh, a friend of mine is is a forest bather. I think you have those in Germany as well. So it's a it's, yeah, it's a Japanese. It's, yeah, of course you do. It's a you know, it's a it's a Japanese idea that that you you go swimming in the forest. Except of course you're not swimming in a forest, but you are swimming in a forest. You are three dimen- You're a three dimensional yeah, being, I mean- and you are meditating in a forest. And all we're doing here is a dozen new. There's a new way of experiencing nature, a new um, a new passion for it, a new longing for experiencing nature yeah. in a in a deep manner. And I think Visit Dark Skies fits very well into that movement of urban people looking all day, all night long, or all day long, into a flat, bright, little <laughs> you know, little laptop, and then. <laughs> And then they, yeah, in their spare time, they want to, you know, have a have a contrast experience to that. And 
enjoying complex nature, enjoy it in a in a new manner. Yeah, and unless and we're talking a lot about biophilic design here. Um, so if you if you can't be out amongst the trees, uh, you can try and bring uh, analogs of trees, pictures of trees, uh, plastic trees, anything that looks and reminds you of a tree is better than no tree at all and similarly wherever wherever you can make that kind of connection to nature uh, it, we are reckoning that it is a much healthier place for us to be mm -hmm. so you know, you know fantastic initiative and and on on so many levels mm -hmm. so many levels mm -hmm. i um i have a question and before we get on i want to i want to change gears so i have one more question about the business okay who is the customer? Who pays you? So it's um, the main business idea is that I sell licenses to hosts in remote regions. Mm -hmm. And with this, people listen for for much less. Or for, yeah. And um, if they would buy it on the homepage and that budget is free for the hosts then to rent out accessories or to sell it over there on, on their places so you're 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 basically there's also maybe a second there's also a nature parks i have some nature parks projects so that's actually then public money for um yeah for nature experience for tourism experiences mm. um so there was a nature park that created stargazing benches in their park and of course the audio file fits well to these benches. So it was, so now there, there's this little plate. Um, I, I have it here. Um, there's, there's this little plate mm -hmm. um, that is then on the benches and you can scan it. Ah, I <laughs> see. The okay. QR code here. Yeah. Ah, so, so you know, it's, if you can't, if you can't charge for something, it has no value by definition, like it, 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 by definition. I, I'm not, I, and I'm not telling you exchange. That's my opinion, and I'll tell people okay. the fact that you can charge for it. See, that's where it, it starts to be. That's where the movement needs to begin. Like really digging its teeth into the world is a, is finding ways for people to know what they're missing. This is what you're missing, actually, and you know, and people can pay for that and go have a wonderful experience. And I think that's fantastic. Rather than just telling them to go outside and look at the sky. Or try to you know drive north in Ontario. Here's people that can actually show you. Or here's how you, if you're a resort owner, here's how I can help you make make this another part of your business. Yeah. Where while they're here, they're also going to have a starry night experience. No brainer. That's a no brainer for you resorts <laughs> out there listening to this. You should be doing that Thank right so away. Much. Yeah, that's a no brainer for them. So your customers are going to be happy. Let me ask you, uh, so John. So maybe yeah. maybe Go just ahead. to yeah. to add, uh, people can also buy it from the website, uh, of course, and then the price is uh, a little bit like a like if you would do a star guide tour yes. or so, like mm. like a normal activity or even a little cheaper. So that there's also a B two B two C approach. <laughs> okay. I think I think it's no different than offering an ocean and a beach. It's something. There's a reason for going there, and one of the reasons is to see the stars at night. So I, I think it's an amazing business idea. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your time in the lighting industry. Um, how did, did did the lighting industry was was it you know did it guide you here, or did you come at it from the side? And your experience in the lighting industry helped you with your business. How, how did the how does the lighting industry fit into your decision to become an entrepreneur in this area? So I started as a lighting designer, and I really enjoyed the job. Um, I'm interested in creating atmospheres and thinking about how people experience the space. And I worked in um, I did that for for indoor and outdoor spaces. Um, and then I I had this experience in the in the U.S. in in 2014, 2015, and I think that impacted so much um, what Visit Dark Skies is is today. Um, on on the one hand, I was deep, deeply more more involved in research and development. Uh, I learned a lot of, about 
LED technology and also light and health um, on conferences. I, I joined a large corporation there. Um, but at the same time, I also went to Montreal to the to my first Allen conference, uh, Artificial Light at Night. That's the place where researcher, researchers uh, gather um, and exchange their, their research on how light actually um, has also harmful impact on society or ecology. And on that conference, we went to an excursion in Quebec, in Montreal, in Canada, actually. And um, then the school bus that we used to, to go to that um, mountain um, on that day, it broke down. And that yeah, gave me the unique opportunity to walk under a very dark sky with top level researches about light pollution for two hours. And <laughs> that was such a strong experience that afterwards, when I turned back to Germany, somehow I, I wasn't able to continue doing lighting design as I did it before. I had, um, I had so much more interest in, in ecology, but also so much more interest in digital entrepreneurship because I had had been in, in the realm of MIT entrepreneurship people there and yeah there was so much things that I wanted to try out so um, after that I visited um, some social entrepreneurship um, activities here and then I found it with the dark skies so to conclude to yeah to Come back to the question lighting design of course is the basic for for the business in a way that uh, it's an expert product it really has um yeah there's some science behind it um there's also some knowledge about of course um yeah environmental friendly lighting that i bring in when i go into contact with hosts uh, and i think that's an added value that is not I'm not, yeah, I'm not telling so much about it on the homepage because it's, yeah, the homepage is more customer oriented, but in the B2C, the actual business, I work a lot behind the scenes, let's say, for the dark mm -hmm. scale movement. Mm -hmm. what, what's interesting about that is that you're, you're talking, what I think you're pointing to is what a lot of people don't know is that while there is sky glow and light pollution, one of the major reasons you can't see the stars well is if the light's very close to you or bright. It's not just the sky glow, but if, you t if you're at a lake in a remote area and the cottage or the dock lights are on and you're trying to lie on the dock and look at the stars, it, that light pollution, that local light pollution is the number one thing that's stopping you from seeing the stars. First, you got to get rid of that stuff that's actually directly the lumens are going into your eyes and turn as much of it off as you can. And, and, and so as a, as a lighting designer, you're helping them do that, but then maintain safety lighting or what you're giving them different ways to get rid of the bugs, you know, like by not having that bright white light on the dock, that's attracting all the mosquitoes, actually, or whatever you're talking, you're teaching them how to provide these experiences fully in the best way they can and where they are. Is that correct? Yeah, I also have a, a cooperation approach. So I, I work in cooperation with manufacturers of outdoor furniture, for example, and also uh, outdoor lighting or in the future outdoor lighting. It's not that well established so far, but for example, two weeks ago, a client from Austria asked me, okay, uh, now how can you provide me the furniture and can you provide me those red lights that can point towards this point so um yeah i'm not trying to deliver this all myself because i want to stay <laughs> rather small um a small enterprise cooperating with professional partners um yeah and that's maybe yeah um, that's helping customers as well because they, they uh, uh, do not know the product Sorry. yeah that's a, I, I the um on the website as, I mean, you're talking about dark sky parks, mountains, deserts, uh, out on the water. Um, have you had any experience? Have you been asked 
to look at more, what should we call them, sort of semi-urban spaces, spaces around the edge of a city, for example, where, 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 the urban where the urban population who are already starved of nature can get out. Do, do we know what the, obviously there's going to be restrictions there because there's dark and there's dark, but is there, is there something that you're finding that we can do to help with, the, with, with that urban condition? I'm I'm not so much involved there. Um, I think in Berlin there's uh, there's a small initiative to, to create such an urban dark sky um, park. Um, I've also not dared to to offer guided stargazing sessions here in Berlin um, because the whole wow effect. Um, relies on seeing a lot of stars <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah of course it would be so much easier for me to to offer this um so no no real answer to <laughs> to this question i think no 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 i think i think that is an answer i i i, I think that the, the, because there's a purity to what to what you're doing um and, and what you're reminding me of is is that the the, the last time I, I i did a holiday in the states um we went to the lightning field uh, in in the southwest corner of of, of New Mexico, um, and if you want to go there, um, first of all you have to book months in advance. Um, they'll only take six people, and you have to stay overnight, in order that you can see a field full of stainless steel poles that might or might not get struck by lightning. <laughs> so it's a real commitment, oh, and, sure. and and the fact that it was it was like a hundred miles to get there from the where we were. <laughs> And it's and it's busy all the time. And mm. uh, Michael, you know, there's there's the commercial uh, quality of that. But mm. the but the, the 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 spiritual journey, the soul the soul travel, if you like, of actually being there and experiencing it, is is vitally important. And and and, and perhaps you know maybe my question to you was was the one that that says if you want to compromise on this, you can sort of go onto the edge of a town. And it won't be too bad. No, no. Um, but actually, actually no need to compromise. Be... No, no need to compromise <laughs> because there are so many great um, dark sky locations. And uh, I also want to, um, yeah, stress out the difference. And um, yeah, I no, um, I have experienced such great dark sky experiences that I, I cannot, you know. Cannot point people to half of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just what uh, I don't want to do it. Um, but what what's important to me is that I'm I chose to work with hosts because I want to help also to decentralize <clears throat> tourism efforts and not to create a new problem. For example, by being a, a travel operator that brings a lot of light, a lot of tourists to new dark sky areas, and then kind of you know, being in conflict with with 20 years of work there to reduce mm. lights or so, right? I think there's something that we need to to keep in mind that every tourism produces light as well um, and that there should be a, a close contact to, to people working in this field. Mm. Okay. So, but um, yeah, I mean, um, I think, for example, in London, um, there have been uh, interesting approaches to make people more aware of the night sky with urban stargazing sessions. Um, and yes. I don't know if, if you didn't have them in the podcast. Maybe that's also. Uh, well, I think the moon yeah, is accessible. A nice session. The moon is accessible as well. Yes. You know, so you, you the moon is fascinating too, actually. If you just get into the rhythm of the moon, the fact that it changes in the sky and where it moves across the sky and. The moon is fascinating, actually, really, too. And you mentioned clouds. You know, if you get on the right kind of a cloudy day and lie down and look at the clouds, the clouds can also be very awe-inspiring when you look at them in a certain way on a certain kind of day. I don't know. I know you mentioned that earlier as part of part of the business model. Um, let me let me ask you about this darkness adaptation piece of the human eye, John. Do you, you ready? Can we go into this a little bit? Um, so you're saying that it takes a certain amount of time before the eye fully adapts 
to a dark sky. So how long, like, is the minimum, like, just say minimum average person, how long does it take them to get into dark sky mode? It's a it's a process. I think the the first adaptation starts quite quickly with uh, pupil um, widening, etc. Um, and then there's after ten minutes, there's already something done. But I think people agree that's between twenty and thirty minutes. Wow! You reach, you yeah, reach it's, your, it's, your it's it's the sl- it's the s- it's the slowest reveal you can ever possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really slow tourism, right? You need to, yeah, you need, yeah, it's not, because it's, yeah, it's integrated in your body. You cannot fix it. Uh, you cannot do it quicker. Right? Does that, does that, does that correspond with the psychedelic experience portion of it? Like, <laughs> is there something to do with the eye that when it gets to that position that perhaps it prepares the mind to receive these subliminal messages, sublime messages from the universe? Is, is there something, do they know anything about that? So there's this peripheral view that is um, easier to, uh, to gain if you're darkness, dark, dark adapted, uh, darkness adapted, yeah. And um, so that's also a relaxing technique, actually. People use it to, to relax. So maybe that has to do a little bit yeah. And I mean, uh, Michael, it, it 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 alters your breathing. It changes the way that you take oxygen in, into your body. It it slows your physical systems down. Sure. Uh, no, you know, we were talking with with Russell Foster the other week. No doubt, Russell will 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 give us the mm. the chapter and verse on on what particular gland is affected mm. by what particular lighting yeah. effect. Sure. But it it is it is just that thing that that if if it's 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 a meditative process. Mm. Uh, and you probably don't you don't really need the mushrooms yeah really. well hey look i've heard people having psychedelic experiences with kundalini yoga and stuff like that and praying the rosary you know where they where they've talked about these kinds of experiences and so this is a way that you know if you can't do kundalini yoga or you don't want to say a hundred hail marys or five thousand hail marys whatever it is you can gain one of these dark sky experiences it's actually pretty easy to do if you just lie there and look up like it's not it's a way to do it that is not I, I find like meditation and these types of things can be a little bit difficult can sound a little bit difficult to people and this is one way where you can connect to that kind of transcendental world without a lot of effort or confusion is that fair definitely huh. yeah so <laughs> I, I would agree i mean there's this trans i i there's this this transcendental uh, aspect in it um, sure yeah thinking about your existence being connected to life and to death as well to the right you're if you do if you do guided stargazing you're at the same time you're very with you and your personal experience that it's important to me but at the same time you're exposed to this eternity and to these large time spans and that that is an interesting Mm. connection right on the one hand you're you're not suddenly realize you're a very tiny person in the, in the universe and on the other hand you are so detached from your daily life that maybe you you take yourself very serious and think about your life and maybe change it afterwards mm. right mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's it's the thing that you said about you know the, that exercise where you just tilt your head so that you lose the horizon so all you see is the stars and that that turns you into an astronaut because now you've got no visual connection <laughs> with with the world at all and you realize that you're actually you're stuck onto this big rock which is spinning at, at vast speed yeah. through the heavens sure. and you're just and you're just looking out and you go yeah 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 i yeah I, I am spock i am Kurt. <laughs> sure. you know i yeah. i'm out there and i'm out there with the guys yeah, sure. And that's so special because, you know, we live mm-hmm. humdrum lives, don't we? Let's face it. We sure. live humdrum urban lives. And uh, we do not often open those doors of perception. Yeah, sure. Michael. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, You know, I, I, I can't wait to integrate the neck back into my stargazing practice, actually, Etta. <laughs> 
I can't wait. So, um, listen, I, I, I really think, you know, I think we covered everything on this one. Um, in terms of like from the, the spiritual reason why the dark sky movement is gaining to steam and to all the way in how someone's making money in it. Etta, do you have any final thoughts right now other than go to visit darkskies.com, which is her website? Other than that, do you have any final thoughts for the audience? Um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe it's interesting to, to, yeah, to plan your, your trip a little bit in advance, have a look at the light pollution map, uh, be inspired where you can, um, where you can go. Also on the website, there's a lot of, I've, I've covered all the star parks website in, in Europe. And of course there's, uh, there's so many more in, in the States and in UK as well. Um, so these websites are pretty professional <laughs> now. So you can plan your trip a little bit in advance, choose a night accommodation, and then of course make sure you're comfortable. Um, dress when you start. You do stargazing, lying on the floor. You need to dress in a comfortable manner. Maybe more, <clears throat> maybe warmer, or mm -hmm. one season later than than you are. So in summer you should dress like in autumn, and in autumn you should dress like in winter time, because mm -hmm. it gets really cold. And then it's not so funny if you, yeah, if you wanna go away from the experience, right? You wanna actually stay forever there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for stay sure. a few hours, and sure. and maybe connect with your peers. Um, and you can do it alone. It's it's very nice alone, but it's also a very nice group experience or a couple experience uh, because it connects you in a, in a new way. So go to visit darkskies.com. We've made it to the end here with uh, Etta Donaman. I hope I got it right. Uh, her LinkedIn, she's got her LinkedIn, she's got her Twitter, and her website is visitdarkskies.com, of course. Before you visit darkskies.com, you're going to visit restoringdarkness.com and check out the new merch. That's right. Restoringdarkness.com. Merch, t-shirts, hoodies. That's right. Hats for all you darkness lovers. You can, grab some, you, can, you can grab some of our merch and spread the word. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Look no further for dark sky friendly products than Evluma. Since its first product launch, Evluma has carried one or more International Dark Sky Association certified models. If your customer cares about light pollution, suggest the Omnimax with shielding or the Ariamax with full cutoff to reduce uplight and glare. Evluma, illuminating the pursuit of darkness. <laughs>